Yo, what up, Pam? Yo, what's going on, TK? How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. <clears throat> How you doing? How's... Man, I'm all good. I'm all good. Are you, you staying warm? Are you in Chicago? What part of the world are you in? I'm in Arizona right now. I've been down here for like six months now. I ran from that cold, man. <laughs> man, but you ain't got a coat or you wearing a rock of the hoodie? Uh, like a hoodie, it's been in like it's been like in the fifties out here. But you know, in the morning, man, it start off like in the thirties. No, I was being funny because everybody now, whether it's cold or fifty degrees below zero, is rocking these damn hoodies and dying in Chicago, pointing around the country. And I just think it's funny that you know back man. in my day, when it was cold, <laughs> you, your parents used to put you in one of them little uh, jumpers, winter jumpers, and zipper it up with a scarf around that. With a ski mm-hmm. cap on top of that, and them thick ass ski gloves, that you do, and that was just to go to the corner store. Man, we used to have the snowsuits and the moon boots. <laughs> them right. kids don't know about that stuff though. So true, yo. That's so true. They don't know about that. The moon boots and them snowsuits. Like you said, they wear hoodies. I see. I seen people when I was in the city last year shoveling snow in a hoodie and some shorts on. Like, what the hell's wrong with these people, man? That's some funny. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm in New York now, time instead of coming here from business. And okay. I, I just saw a man. That's 21 degrees out here, and a man was in a hoodie, shorts, and some new. Balance. I believe it. And I really wanted to go up to him and, and just ask him, did he know it was winter? Like I really wanted to. Say that. I don't, man. <laughs> I don't know what these people be thinking, but then as soon as that flu hit their ass, then they be telling, I should have had a coat on. What's the quarter Now, what took you mm-hmm. from Chicago all the way out to Arizona? You know what? Me and my wife was talking about moving for the past couple of years, and we were, at first we had decided on going down to Atlanta. But uh, she came. She had a cousin out here, and she came out here. She's like, let's try Arizona. It's nice out there. The weather is warm. So mm-hmm. we just and made the move out new. here. All the yeah, everything is new. new. The streets are new. Mm-hmm. The malls are new. Everything and they still there. building. Yeah, they still building yeah. out there too. I used to live out there, so I go out there a lot. I went to Arizona State. Oh, okay, okay, that's what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know about. I, I frequent Arizona a lot, so I definitely know. Like, to the people who are listening to this podcast, like you get your money right and you start traveling mm-hmm. anything past Houston, Texas, on the West Coast from Arizona on, you will see just. You'll be the first person living in your, in the house that you get or apartment. That's, That's true. Because they, they're apartment. doing a lot of building out here. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of building out here. And we was talking about that last night at my show in uh, Miami. I had a, a big show out there. Me and the comedians are sitting in the back. And we were just okay. talking about how when Vegas gets the Super Bowl in about six years. So, you know, they're building the stadium out there. How it's going oh, to okay. the dynamics of a Super Bowl? Can you imagine a Super Bowl in Vegas and with the gambling and everything there? Because you know there's a lot. Yeah, of because they're gonna have their own team by then, right? The Raiders moving there, right? Yeah, the Raiders start next year. Right, right. Yeah, oh man, they going Oh man, that yeah, money so is gonna be ridiculous out there. Vegas gonna change, brother. It's like gonna be amazing. I'm quite sure in another ten years they'll have a basketball team. So imagine people. Their bucket list is to visit Vegas. But even when I still travel, people will say they've mm-hmm. never been to Vegas. I said, don't tell that to nobody. People say that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, don't say that to nobody. But yeah, don't say that. I've ever experienced traveling 
was, I think I was in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. I did mm-hmm. a show, and I met some white people at the show, and they just loved it. And we really hit it off. And I said, yo, I'm going to go to the airport tomorrow to get a rental car. And they said, cool. Mm-hmm. The guy came to my hotel. Um, we were going to the airport. And he said, do you know how to get there? I've never been to the airport before. In his own city? In his own city. True story. I believe it. You got people that's in Chicago that's never been downtown. It's ridiculous, actually. It's, it's actually sad. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah. So, dude, come you on. Got you people. This thing. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So, ladies and gentlemen. No, you good. Go ahead. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen on my show, let me tell you what I do. I always try to, when I travel this world, I run into some interesting people, and I try to do something different all the time. And um, this is like the first brother I met that is a writer of suspense and mystery novels, like a, a, a real brother out of Chicago. Like, you know, I came up street hustler, and I still fuck with a lot of real dudes in the streets of Chicago. Some just right. got out of prison. Some got burnt up on a bus back in the day because they were just getting so much money. They had haters. And mm-hmm. I still deal with a dude out there called Bolo in Chicago. Bolo is one of my dearest homies because I used to catch cases out there. He used to have <laughs> the attorneys at that damn court building first thing in the morning. I'll never forget it. I'll be in there and you can hear them because, you know, they have you in that bullpen in Chicago that like with 2.7 million people in that month. Yeah, you're talking about the county. <laughs> yeah, woo, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I just heard them um, Mr. Kirkland, Mr. Kirkland, like a, I'm a, I was like a bitch, yo, Duke. I was jumping up. I'm right here. <laughs> Trying to get the hell up out of there. I know it. And, no, no, I couldn't even get out. So they just, uh, Bolo sent us, we had to protect the rights because I had to be extradited on, oh, believe okay. it or not, for a murder case in um, Los Angeles, California, that I had nothing to do with, but I was being held. Wow. Who that? Yeah, and a girl, and the reason that happened, there was a girl I was dating, right? A girl I was dating, and there was mm-hmm. another girl who I went to school with that was trying to fuck me, and I ain't want to fuck her. But <laughs> she was, I would go out of town. The girl would pick me up. This is the other girl. She was picking me up. She was okay. behind me, all different types of things. And I was like, damn, but I was going through so much at that time in my life Mm-hmm. I just couldn't check her the way I really wanted to check her. She took me to this place in Chicago called the Cypress. You ever, ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. The Cypress, yep. Yeah, where they have the pool inside the hotel. And yeah, right downtown. Right. So we in there, yo. We drinking mm-hmm. champagne and all that. But I, I'm not I'm not thinking about no pussy. What I'm thinking about is I'm going to talk this bitch to death because I know she want to fuck. I right, right. Her, like, I'm talking about we got there like nine. I talked so much until like 4.30 in the morning. We fell asleep. You got your money's worth. No, watch what I'm about to tell you. We fall asleep. The next morning we wake up, she zooms me back to where I was staying, like pissed. Now, she unbought me all these things, and I remember telling my mother, <clears throat> and my mother said, I'm going to give this shit all back to her. And my mom said, you never give gifts back. You keep okay. those because that's for your time. 
But here's mm-hmm. this, now here's what how the story gets crazy. Because I didn't fuck her, she had hate towards me. She wound up calling the girl who I was coming visiting, right? Mm-hmm. And the girl who I'm visiting is seeing another guy sort of because we was on the outs. So I come back to see her. I said, you know how you guys had that underground um, tunnel that y'all could go to all different restaurants and everything underground mm-hmm. over there, over there by the Hyatt. Okay. Yeah, over in that area. And I walked in there, yo, and the feds was in that motherfucker waiting on me. Damn. They set me up. Right, that's what I'm saying. She set you up. Yeah, she set me up. Now, the girl I didn't fuck, I'm in the county. She's coming to see me every day. Like, she was my girl. Like, I I couldn't (laughs) believe that someone got me, was mad at me because I didn't fuck them. They came (laughs) to the jail to see me every day. Like we was married. Like yeah, right. Like y'all had been together. Right, exactly. So I wound up beating that case. I wound up beating mm-hmm. case. They wound up dismissing it because there was nothing on me. And I remember right. coming back two two maybe month later, and doing the radio show WGCI. And mm-hmm. I had a show, and I mentioned it on the air. I didn't drop their names, but I was going to throw hate on them. But I mm-hmm. hope today that both them bitches is dead. That's why I wanted to announce that first. On the air, I hope them two <laughs> hoes died in a dramatic accident where someone shot them or cut their motherfucking heads off. But you know, please forgive me if I sound cruel to the world. Now that now that would be a good um, suspense story for a book. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yes, it would. <laughs> yes, it would. Uh, <laughs> That's so crazy. But you know what? When somebody living foul like that, you best believe that shit caught up with them. Yes, sir. It, I hope so because that was yeah, wrong for what they did. And what made you want to come become a writer? Well, you know what? I always been into books and reading, and I guess I got it from my mother. She was like a big Stephen King fan and loved like scary movies and that type of shit. So I guess it just came natural for me. So okay. as much as I used to read, I was saying to myself like, "Damn," because I used to like writing in school in English class and stuff. So I was like, "Damn, maybe I can, maybe I can try to write a book as much as I like to read these crazy ass books." Right. So I kind of played with the idea and thought about it, and you know, a lot of self doubt kicked in. Like, nah, I can't write no four hundred, three hundred page books. So one day I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy a computer and just, just start. And I did it, and like a year later, I had wrote it, and I was like, "Damn, I actually finished it." So I guess you know, the next thing got to do is to try to let people read it and see what they think about it. So right. that was like the next step. And what did people think? Well, the initial reaction was I had a couple of people from my family read it, like my sister and stuff, and, and they kind of, they liked it. So I was like, well, okay. Now the next step is to like really try to get it out there. So right. that's what I had, that's what I've been trying to do. And, and I started this like in 05, 06. So it's, it's been a long process. You know? Wow. I like that. I'm going to tell you what I like. Yeah. I never gave up. You was no, I never gave up. Yeah, you was determined. And I have a situation like that. I supposed to came up with a book called Who Raised You a couple of years <laughs> ago, right? Uh-huh. And I pretty much, through my whole life, I never depended on an agent. I never depended on nobody. Right. I've always did everything myself because one of the worst feelings in the world, thank God most of you guys got a guy like TK to help y'all because I don't mind helping people. You know, no doubt, I, no doubt. I, I changed a lot of lives in this game. But there's certain things mm-hmm. I be trying to do 
And for some reason, I stopped fucking with agents and attorneys <laughs> years ago. So last year, I meet a gentleman named Cole out of Philadelphia. Cole says, TK, I could get you, I could help you get a Netflix special, Amazon thing, book, blah, 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 blah. I didn't fuck right. with him right away, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. I like being independent and being in control of my destiny. So sure. a year later, I don't know what sparked me. I got him a call, gave him a call. I put my own money up to shoot my Netflix special, whatever it was going to be. He introduced me to an attorney um, named David up here in Chicago. That's why I'm here in Chicago. I mean, not in, in New York City. And mm-hmm. it's a year, almost a year later, the man got my money, but I have no deal. We haven't, oh, wow. we haven't accomplished one thing. And my life is such a great life that this one little thing, Duke, is irritating the fuck out of me. I know it is, because I heard yeah. you talking about it months ago. Months ago. So yeah. I'm glad that it's happened to let people who are listening to this show know that, one, I'm not a liar. Two, these things right. happen. Three, that if you can pretty much do things yourself and control it, try to go that route. Because I'm not mm-hmm. saying every agent or every attorney is like this one that I'm dealing with, and he might have a legitimate excuse, but I doubt it because it doesn't take a year to get something on the air. True, true. It doesn't do that. So he's going to have to have some answers for me, and he'll give me my money back because I work hard for what I do. And that's like time when you said, uh, Mr. Kirkland, I have a book. I took mm-hmm. a life into your independence. Right. You wanted to get it out there, and this show right here reaches a thousand people. I think we reach seventy-five thousand people a day on wow. the show. Wow, seventy-five thousand! I don't even do celebrities. I do things like just regular people. You know, cause I I'm know I've been listening to the show. I love the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do. I'm not. A, I don't look <clears throat> at myself as a celebrity. I look at myself mm-hmm. as a street dude from Jersey City, New Jersey, who got lucky and met mm-hmm. some incredible people on this journey. So I just want to do whatever I can to help people as long as it's um, reasonable and as long mm-hmm. as they understand that I have a life, too. And if oh, you yeah, do no that, yep, it's good. Now, the book that you're promoting now, what is the name of it? The book that I'm promoting is, is Maldiction. It's the prequel, so I got a, I got a second book too, but I'm just promoting this one. Well, maldiction it means to be cursed or to have a curse, so that's why okay. I named it that. To have a mm-hmm. curse. Now explain the curse thing. Like you could be cursed from the curse could be several different things, but it's basically just being cursed, like a person being cursed. So I I titled that because the guy in the book, which is named Damien, he's he's cursed through a through a family curse. The curse is like a generational curse that's okay. chasing him. So. I like named it Kennedy, that. Like the Kennedys. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 this curse is after every generation. Yep. Okay. So, like I was saying, he's, <laughs> it was a pause. I didn't know if the call dropped. So, yeah, he's okay. cursed. And he's and he trying to, in the process of learning that he's cursed, he's actually trying to get his life together. He has some setbacks as far as losing his job, losing his apartment that he was in. And on top of that, he lost his woman. So, He's dealing with all these issues and then learns that the, this curse is chasing him and it's actually coming to him through his dreams and it's starting to really fuck with his life, basically. You know, he's starting to get physically sick. His mind 
can't get itself together because every time he falls asleep, this this woman or this curse is after him. Okay. So in the process, in the process of, of, of that happening, I got, I got, I got another story where uh, it's a rich, wealthy businessman who's dealing with demons of his own. And his, and his name is Lawrence. And he's dealing with not, not, not the curse demons, but he's dealing with uh, rage. And it's coming from watching his father being murdered. It's coming from an estranged relationship that he has with his mother. So he's dealing with those issues and still, you know, trying to run his business and get his paper right. So they meet, they meet in the barbershop and he likes the young cat. You know, he see he got hustle and ambition. So, he said, I'm going to offer you a job. So so the guy jumps at the – Damien jumps at the opportunity of working for this wealthy businessman because he's he trying to get his life together. And he sees that, you know, if I follow somebody that, that already got it, I can be next in line. Right. But the wealthy businessman, you know, he ain't he ain't playing. And he's and he not, he not about to put him on unless he can trust him. So he gives him a job just to see if he can trust him. But, of course, he doesn't tell him that. So he sends him out of town to pick up a whole lot of money for him and he wants that money to come back like it should. Right. But it doesn't. It doesn't. And wow. And that's how it, that's how it gets tricky. So he got he got not only the curse on his ass, but he got this wealthy businessman that's you know, he didn't he didn't took from him. So it's that's how the story unravels. So now in the book mm-hmm. do you is there a solution in the book? Oh yeah, as far as the ending, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, okay. it it all it all comes it all comes full circle, and and that's why I named the maldiction because the curse is bigger than both of these both of these characters. And the thing about the curse is, even though that this wealthy businessman is, is looking to destroy Damon because of what he has done to him, that this woman, which is the curse, she don't want nobody getting involved in her family business, and, and that's that's where this is, you know the ending comes in. He he gets involved as far as trying to take Damien's life, and, and the, that's what the curse is for. She wants to do it. So, okay. so what made you come up with some crazy shit like this? Cause it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's good to see your your mind is real creative. I like that. Right. You know what? When I was when I was thinking about something to write, I wanted to. I'm a person that I, that that don't necessarily like happy endings all the time. So I was like, when I write something, I don't want it to be the typical ending where, you know, the the, the good guy gets away all the time because that's not I life. Agree. You know, I like that. You know what I'm saying? That's not, that's not life. That's, that's, it's not just, life. That's, that's just not how it goes. Yeah, it's not life. life. So I was, I said, when I sat down and started writing, I said, I'm going a, I'm to a write this character that people are going to really like and I want him to get himself together, but sometimes it, it just don't work like that in the end for the good guy. So that's, that's, yeah, that's why. I, I like it. that, my man, because the way Hollywood and the way this world is, they always mm-hmm. have to make fucking shit seem peachy fucking creamy and shit. Sweet. <laughs> right. right. And that shit ain't like mm-hmm. that at all. No, no. Life is, is, is a bunch of ups and downs and obstacles, no matter how good you are. No matter how good you are. Now, my life yep. is really great, but I can tell you, the only thing that's really mm-hmm. bothering me is that motherfucking attorney, and I'm going to get this shit <laughs> off my chest. On, I know on, it's bothering you. I'm not playing. <laughs> Now, hey man, when is that Netflix special coming out, man? I, we want to, we want to see that. Yeah, because the world wants to see it because it's really I know. that good. Like I'm really proud of it because, and two, I want to start moving on mm-hmm. and saying other things. Okay. Because see, I come up with different material shit like every day, and right, right. You don't want to be dating. Thing, right. The who raised you thing is cool. But mm-hmm. it's really time to start mm-hmm. talking about something else. 
Man, what's funny is I had my boy laughing about that joke he told about the ceiling fan for a year, man. That shit was crazy. Oh, yeah. About, you know, why? Cut this thing. I had my boy laughing about that for a year. I said, what the hell? Yeah, that's some real shit. Man, you know, that's a wild Chicago, shit. How mm-hmm. do you feel about what's going on with um, R. Kelly? Oh, man. That's, that's, you know what? In my opinion, this is just my opinion. It's like the world says that we can be rehabilitated and rehab and, you know, we can give people second chances and we can change. Mm-hmm. But then it seems like when it comes to his situation, they just trying to, they trying to take his career. They, 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 they just trying to destroy him. They, I haven't heard, I haven't heard too many people talk about, you know, maybe he should, maybe he should go to rehab, not just rehab, but maybe it's a way to, that he could, that he could change, you know, everybody just, just automatically, as soon as they hear about it, it's just like, oh, no, I'm canceling him. I guess that's the that's the uh, popular thing, that to cancel him. Or, you know, or maybe I'm biased because I'm from Chicago. Maybe that's what it is. But mm-hmm. I, everybody deserves a second chance. We all got, look, we all got addicts as far as, like, drug addicts and alcoholics and people that have done grimy shit in our family. Mm-hmm. And we all give them a second chance. Right. No. But it seems like when it comes to this cat, they like, Fuck him. They just throwing him under the bus like they you, don't care if he dies. I want you to always remember something. The reason why mm-hmm. reality TV shows, the reason mm-hmm. why some rappers who create drama mm-hmm. and confusion every day wins in this game of life is mm-hmm. because people like to see other people in pain and misery. True. They like true. to see someone else suffering other mm-hmm. than themselves, right? Because That's true. until you've been in that person's shoes, a uh, court of case, mm-hmm. or about to do some time, or uh, massive pain of embarrassment, these is, this is the way that you respond. See, the reason why true. I pretty much don't say nothing on issues of crime, see, I've been there. I've done the prep work right. where they bring you out and hold you on. Yeah, they hold mm-hmm. your arm or they wait till the press get there and they walk you mm-hmm. outside. It's 200 cameramen taking your picture, going into a car, and mm-hmm. they're saying one thing in the news and on the paper, and then you've got to defend this with family and friends. So was, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad my stuff went down in the 90s because it would have been right. embarrassing to do the way social media is now. My oh, man. Um, crime spree was pretty much ending when social media was taken off. <laughs> okay, okay. Which was <laughs> excellent. It was the great thing that ever happened to me. And Afro-Americans were so cruel mm-hmm. and proclaimed that we're so righteous at the same time. Right. That we don't take the time to look at the with the example of Gucci, right? Mm-hmm. Gucci, Prada, how they have the blackface. Right. And they want us to boycott, but black people don't boycott white people shit. Now, if that was black owned, a black person would be out of business in 24 hours. I was about to say, they'd take his money from him and he'd lose his business. They'd stop shopping mm-hmm. with him. Right. That's how so you boycott guy. somebody. You mess with their pockets. But a white guy, mm-hmm. see, the government and most people know mindset of Afro-Americans, right? Like we, 
mm-hmm. they kill one of us, they know that we're going to start marching, mm-hmm. going to pick a sign, but that's it. They know and, and we're not it. going no further than that. Right. They know this. <clears throat> you know, they know that we're, it's like with the clothes thing, they know that in two, three, four weeks, they won't even be discussing this anymore. And right. you got to remember, Prada and Gucci, they're not dumb now. They did this for free publicity. True. Marketing scheme. Yep. Not, not to say they want blacks to wear Gucci. They just want to be in the news. They just want their name out there, good or bad press. It's free press. Yeah. So nobody, yep. nobody's looking at it. So you see a lot of celebrities that, oh, we're not going to rock Gucci and all this kind of stuff. Let me say something. I don't think that, I think you should do what you want to do in life, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to rock Gucci, rock motherfucking Gucci. You just ain't got to right. wear the sweater. You know what right. I'm saying? It's a, it's a, a form of respect. Cause we know there's racism out here in the world. And for people not to think it, you're a dummy. At the same time, you're naive. Yeah, yeah you, you, you're really, truly naive. Naive. But it's right. never going to change. When I watch CNN, Don Lemon, and all these sport, I mean, um, newscasters about life, the presidency, I can't mm-hmm. believe the governor of Virginia. And all of them did blackface and all this kind of stuff. But this has been going on since Martin Luther King and longer than that. I was about to say probably way before that. <laughs> and we yep. haven't done a damn thing. We, we haven't That's done nothing. And we can't say when people get rich, the LeBron James, the Jay-Z's, the T.K. Kirkland's, I don't know my name is mm-hmm. it. <laughs> right, ain't never wrong with that. <laughs> you can't expect us to want to change the world. You can only do one thing at a time. You know, some people do True. this with that for press, just to see certain things. But we first, so you got to get far, your family together. Yeah, we're so far you behind know? the eight ball that is the same because the goal is we have to start changing laws. L A W S. That's where mm-hmm. the power is. You know, like when I was down in Florida, I did the Trayvon Martin thing on Saturday. The March meeting, right. uh, Omar Hardwick from Power. And, okay. And see, if, 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 if Afro-Americans read, read more like your books and read the ballot, mm-hmm. that stand your ground law would have never passed. Okay. See, because I'm trying to figure out who the fuck passed that law. And how did they get it passed, people? To stand right. on your ground. That you, a person can push you. They'll say, oh, my, I thought my life was threatened. And they could take a gun and actually kill you and, and get off. a great chance of getting off. Right. In most cases, especially when it's one of us dying, they're getting off. They're getting off because video yep. only helps when the police is trying to convict us. But when it's a black right. person, for some reason, people always see something that is obvious, but they turn the cheek and say, that's not what they saw. So since we can't beat the system, I tell men and women, 
try to try to stay out of trouble. Like if you really want to fuck with the police, let's put them out of business right. and not go to jail. That's right. Stay out their way. Stay out their way, family. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah, that's true. Stay out their motherfucking way. I learned that the hard way. They ain't gonna do nothing but inconvenience you. That's all. That's the thing. I remember I was in New Jersey last year, coming from a show in New York, and I'm going down the highway, and I saw the light, <clears throat> the high beams on the side of the road, but <clears throat> it was a cop, and the cop was profiling. What they did was, but they have a little system. They have the high beams on to see who's black in a vehicle. Okay. Okay. Said, okay. He's gonna be coming to get me in a few minutes. <laughs> right. He, he pulled me over. I put, make sure I went to the lightest spot up the highway. They came into the car, and I was rude. I said, "How you doing, officer?" He said, "I said I saw you back there profiling me." He was shocked. <laughs> he said, "I wasn't profiling." I said, "Yes, you was, sir." I said, "I was driving. I wasn't even speeding because cars were passing me. You saw me, and you pulled. You you, you got right behind me after that." He said, well, just right. give me your ID. I'm not going to give you a ticket. So I wanted to say, well, if you're not going to give me a ticket, why the fuck you want to see my ID? And why did you stop me, right? And why you stop me? But this is exactly <clears throat> what I said, dude. I said, the goal is to get home. That's right. The goal yep. is to get to my hotel room, not to prove that this man is wrong and not to prove that I'm right. Not to cause the right. thing. And that's what I want these young men and women to listen to. You don't have to start cursing at them to provoke them. Because no matter if they're <laughs> right. whatever, if you start talking shit, you're going to provoke anybody. That's true. You, you know what I mean? But if you take your time and just be pro, be professional, be respectful, even though you got a 99% chance to get home if you do that, because, yeah, they can still shoot you if your hand is up. They can still, you know, mm-hmm. somebody will say that. We've seen it. It doesn't matter. But I'd rather for you take the the good route first before you stoop down to that level so they can shoot you. You know what I mean? So I, I learned that the hard way because I cussed them out a long time ago, and they locked me up. Damn and right. I said, I'm the, I'm the fool. I'm sitting here in jail yep. over, over nothing, you know, running my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, and when I got to court, the funny thing is, when I got to court, <laughs> the judge looked down. <laughs> I guess he read what I was locked up for. He's like, "Get out of my courtroom!" Like, man, that's crazy. All the inconvenience. You kidding me? That's what he said, huh? I was sitting in the back of the courtroom. He called my name. He said, "Mr. Carlisle." I stood up, was about to walk up there. I seen him with his head down reading it. He looked up, said, "Get out of my courtroom." I was like, "Wow, wow." <laughs> I said, wow. Crazy. But that, that just yeah. was a lesson I learned. They just inconvenienced me. I sat in jail for a night, had to take off work to go to court, you know. Mm-hmm. Because that's what happens. So, yeah. The yep. only people that win is the state because, you know, they get that's charged. You're you 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 payment when once you go to jail. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now, do you have a website for your book? I don't have a website. They can get the book on Amazon and Smashwords, though. I don't have a I don't have a website. They can go straight to Amazon or Smashwords dot com and get the ebook. It's available in ebook only right now. Okay, so this is what I need you to do. Um you okay. Smash book. Smash words. Smashwords dot com. Slash or smash? 
Smash, I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Smash. Like, yeah, I'm about to smash her. It, out, it sounds different to me. S-M-A-S-H-W-O-R-D-S dot com. Smash words. Okay. In Amazon, you know. Yep, in Amazon. Yep. And say the name of the book again. Maldiction, the prequel. Okay. So it sounds mm-hmm. interesting. I'm going to read it. Uh, one of the books I'm reading now. Appreciate that. Is the Willie Lynch letter. And oh, the wow. Of a slave. Have you read that before? I read it a long time ago. I think my grandmother or somebody in my family gave it to me to read. It's been a, it's been over 20 years, but I think I might have been in high school. Yeah. You no, know, I just, I'm having a conversation the other day with these gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And I'm explaining to them how the government has interjected how homosexuality and the the, um, um, the decline of the male man mm-hmm. and the feminist movement, how women and us don't a lot of us don't see what has happened to this country. You feel me? Like yeah, I feel you. The civil rights movement was a huge thing, and it came with the feminist movement, but they mm-hmm. wanted to stop, have something other than talking about civil rights movement and black people. So they came up with the feminist movement, if I'm correct. And mm-hmm. white women were screaming, we don't need a man, we don't need a man. And the black women, black women hopped on that bandwagon, right? Yep. And marched up the hill with these white women, so to speak. But the white women left and got marrying all our black women around this world to this day. Talk about I don't need a man. Still saying it, yo. They still, still saying, saying it. You got Beyonce mm-hmm. talking about with a single lady's ass, single lady, but she's married. And she married with kids, right? <laughs> right. And my point, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm making is that the government knows that if you have a mother and a father in the home, that mm-hmm. that child grows to be a stronger man and a better woman. They know right. this, and this is the reason why they do what they're doing. And Especially from our point of view, like black males, they know that if we, the, the odds of us growing up in a in a two-family home, the odds are less likely for us to get locked up when we get older. Right. And yep. I want women and men to understand how important it is to really have a man and woman, and and you, and you got to also get this book too if you can find it. The Willie Lynch letter and the making of the slave. It is so good. Yeah, it'll teach you so much game. Okay. About what's yeah, really going on Amazon and, get and how and how they are really playing <clears throat> the system on Afro American men and women. How they develop welfare. For women to depend on the government to get rid of the man in the household. Wow, the conspiracy. They talked a lot about that in that documentary too on uh on Netflix. What's it called? The Thirteenth or something like that. Okay, I didn't see it. Uh huh. Go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, I was just saying they talked a lot about that. Just like the decline of the black male and how it was how it was a plan to have us all locked to you know to have us all locked up at a high rate and, right. and how it was working. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold what they're doing. It's cold, yeah. Yeah, it's cold what they're doing. And a lot of people don't don't um, see it coming, but that's why I like people like yourself, Duke, 
That's why I'm glad mm-hmm. I had this podcast. And I want to thank, always thank the Breakfast Club and Charlemagne the God for giving me this opportunity right. because it really helps help so many people around the world. Like I get so many people in this, in, on, my, in, on my IG hit me on my mm-hmm. DM. Sometimes, sometimes it takes me two years to get back to you. Like your situation was lucky because you hit me on my email, correct? Yeah, I emailed you, called you a couple times. Yeah, we responded. You you were telling me to hit you back. I know you was busy. So I was like, I'll try to catch him. And I think I finally caught you, and we, we talked for a couple seconds. So, yeah. That's the people, because I've had this happen to other people before, right? I'll say, mm-hmm. you got to call me back. You got to do this. You got to do that. And they give up. Yeah, see, I ain't going to give up that easy. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And see, you can't <laughs> give up with me, because if you give up, you're not respecting that I have a life. You feel me? If I That's right. tell That's anybody right. who's listening, you hit me and I say, call me back, I don't care if you got to call me back a thousand times. You have to <laughs> call me back because I right. have life as well. Because the most you can say is, I'm busy, hit me back again. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when, you, when you call me, you got to know, like, oh, TK Kirkland, busy, that motherfucker, busy. So if I get you <laughs> on the phone and we got a chance to talk, believe me, I'm taking time to really make sure that people are straight, and that's important to me. That's right. I appreciate that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely important to me. So I want to do as much as I can for anybody as long as it makes sense. Right. You know, long. now when are you going to finish this other book that you're doing? Uh, well, we got the prequel. It's already done. That's available on Amazon, too. And I have two other books also on Amazon. So I got I got four out there right now, and uh. I haven't started writing the next one, but I, it's in my head, so I just got to actually start. But we okay. got four out there right now. Now, the one that we're promoting now, is that the first or the second book? That's the first one, the prequel. That's the first one. And then the second okay, one is just the same one. title, book two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they can really get both the books at the same time. Yeah, yeah, they can get both at the same time, yeah. yeah. Okay, now what's the name of the second book? Maldiction, book two. It's just book two, okay. yep. Now, this is the one that you're promoting now. So, oh, the prequel is the first one, and Maldiction Correct. is the second book. And Maldiction Book 2 is the second one, right. Maldiction, the prequel, is the first one, and Maldiction Book 2 is the continuing story of the prequel. Correct. Okay, okay. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do? What kind of living you do in Arizona now? Uh, I'm out here driving trucks right now, driving, uh, d- uh, delivering for uh, uh, FedEx. Okay. Oh, so you got a good job, yo. <laughs> it's a nine to five. <laughs> when you got benefits, yeah. You know what'd be a great idea for a book? Tell me what you think. You ready? Uh huh. I'm ready. To be a serial killer. Uh huh. But you're a truck driver, and you work for FedEx, and they'll never guess it's you. And you run around killing people at your stops. You killing people at your stops, or just killing people in every city that you go to. And just a massive manhunt, and they could just never find the person. But to flip it, two things you could do, right? Uh huh. The way society is messed up, they always say it's always a black person or a white person, right? Mm hmm. But you make it a woman. That's a dyke. Oh, wow. Oh, they ain't gonna never look at her. That's my point. I got you. They ain't going to never look that direction. Never. Did you know what's crazy about this world when they talk about pedophiles? They talk uh-huh. about situations like R. Kelly. And mm-hmm. you ever see on Ted Net dancing 
when they used to do them things with the eight-year-old kids and they go on the computer and the person would come to the house to have sex with uh, kids. That <laughs> no. they, they were setting them up. Do you remember that show? No, I don't remember that show. It was a show, right? It was like a cop show. Okay. The guy's name was Ted Danson. He's a commentator, reporter, and he uh-huh. would set you up or the police would set you up with the computer making people think that they was going to have sex with underage kids. Oh, wow. That sounds like CSI type stuff. Yeah, I always said, I bet the ratings would be higher if they did it and it was women coming that were pedophiles to have sex with underage kids. Because I guarantee you that's something that has never been done. And I guarantee you it's huge. I, I guarantee you, because just think about it. We always think that women are so innocent. You hear a lot of stories about older women taking advantage of young boys. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Yes, it is. But yep, it's not right. talked about the same way. No, 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 no. Not at all. You know, now, no disrespect to the people listening. Like, I was, I was like 13, 14 years old. And a beautiful older woman was fucking me. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> you know, hey, that would have been. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Most thirteen-year-olds think like that. When we was coming up, us that was some player shit. Like, nigga, you doing your thing. True. Me too. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sorry if anybody gets upset about that because a female will say, "Oh, that's wrong. I wouldn't want my son." But let me tell you True. something. A real man. If my son was 14 and a 22-year-old woman was hollering at my son, I don't think I would trip, Duke. You wouldn't? You would let him do it? That's a big age gap, 14 and 22. Yo, let me tell you something, yo. Like, it would be a big age gap. Like, I remember, this is a true story, too. Me and my son uh-huh. were in Vegas, my oldest son. Uh-huh. We decked out. We hanging out. We going to the fight. And I know everybody said, so these girls are talking to me, and all of a sudden, one of the girls say, who is that, TK? I'm looking all around, what? Who? What's, what's going on? The girl was talking about my son. <laughs> <laughs> now, That's over you, huh? <laughs> and for a split second, I was going to cock block, like, bitch, what the, the fuck you, I was choking your motherfucking ass. That's my right. <laughs> right. But I couldn't be no, I couldn't be a hater. Right. And my son wound up getting some pussies on that girl too the same night. Oh wow, she was serious. Yeah, yeah. yeah my son's a handsome kid. So. But damn, what him. what does it say about a twenty-one year, two-year-old that want to fuck with a fourteen-year-old? Though you was her head at, you know what I'm saying? I don't think as in today's world is wrong, right? In today's world. Right. I'm really talking about in the 70s and 80s that that happened. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when I was 13, if that would have happened, they would have been cheering me on the block. They would have been, they would have a standing ovation on the block. Exactly. You would have got yep. a standing ovation. I would have got a standing know? ovation. And every other <laughs> girl true. that was in your age group would want to holler at you. Yep. Because they like, how he pull her? Right. It's just that the world has truly... Change is change, dude. It really has. That's true. true. (laughs) So listen, everybody. We always try to bring you guys something different, something unique to this podcast, the TK Kirkland Podcast. 
Um, just the Saturday we did the Trayvon Martin walk down there. I want to show mad love to his parents, Trayvon Martin's parents, no Trina, and um, Trayvon, um, um, dad. Um, <clears throat> it's just a sad situation that happened out there. Um, this will air today, which is um, 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, and, Duke, I just want to say thank you again. And can we let people know the name of your book and how they can okay. get it again, all right? So we're going to promote this um, on my Instagram, on my website, at the official okay. Um We're going to promote this uh, two or three times a week so that people can um, see the book and remind them. And if you're in the New York area on February 12th, ladies and gentlemen, the area, I'm doing a huge show at Salsa Con Fregro in the Bronx, for Ralph Stapleton, and we're doing ball of shit. Like, it's free for everybody <laughs> for Valentine's Day. So the guy... Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, if you guys, if your money ain't right, this is the perfect time to bring your chick um, to the show. And, ladies, if you want to treat your man to Valentine's, it's the perfect time to bring him to the show. And let's come up and get your laugh on. We're going to have a great time. That's just Tuesday, um, February the 12th. And then catch me in Atlanta at the end of the month, 28th, at the Atlanta Theater. So go ahead. Let's go one, one more time with the um, how to get it. Okay, the book is Maldiction, the prequel, and you can go to Amazon and get it, or you can go to smashwords.com and get it. Spell it out for me. Oh, smashwords, S-M-A-S-H-W-O-R-D-S.com, and both both are available in ebook digital format and Amazon.com. It's also available on Apple Books, too. Okay, that's what we like to hear. So all my yep. fans around the world, uh, also, I always try to talk to you guys about credit, and make sure you go on my website, on my Instagram, and check out Cheryl Anderson, because what's really important this year and years on, I want to make sure I start helping people get their credit together. I'm going to pound it right. in your head that you understand how powerful credit and life insurance is to your life. All you can do is one day at a time. you got 365 tries a year to do what you need to do. So start making a list and let in those lists be credit and life insurance. So when you leave this earth, we don't have to do a fish fry for your ass to bury you. You know what I mean? And we, right, want, the credit, right. we want the guys' credits to be good so they can stop asking women, yo, can you put this in my name? And then um, women who put certain things in their kids' names. That's right. what we want. We want to stop all that and everybody start getting their lives together. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, may your pain be champagne. Um, we will talk to you guys soon. Duke, you will definitely stay in touch, and I'll talk to you soon. And, yes, sir. I appreciate you, TK. You, I wish you the best, family. And stay in touch, and we'll talk soon, okay? All right. Thank you. That's love. Welcome, yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the TK Kirkland Podcast. I hope that you enjoy. If you have any issues in your life or things that you want to talk about, Hit me on my Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. Hit me in my DM, and we'll take it from there. On that note, I'm out. Peace. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information 
about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.